Welcome back to our podcast. I know it's been a while, but we've got uh, what we think is a pretty interesting podcast for you today uh, on respect in relation to love uh, for men and women in relation in in the aspect of relationships and how uh, this idea that men need respect and women need love. Uh, so we're going to be diving today into uh, the aspect of respect and how important it is for us guys. And then the next podcast we'll dive in on the women's side of things with love and rather than have me talk about the the topic of respect uh, in for the length of this podcast uh, I'm actually gonna hand it off to Joss and she will uh, she'll take you through some of the things she's learned from the women's side of things and I'll bounce in and uh, provide you with the guy's perspective all right hello so yes I've been looking and at and studying what Shanti Feldhan has written on respect. Uh, we read this book together. When did we read it? Uh, I think while we were engaged. Yeah, something like that. It's been a few years anyway. So it was interesting coming back after a few years of marriage and a few kids later. It, it looks a lot different. Um, we have a lot of life to um, help us understand what she has to say. So anyway, Shanti Feldhan and her husband Jeff are pretty well-known speakers. They uh, teamed up with a statistics company um, to come up with some data on the way men and women typically think. So again, we're saying most men, most women, but for sure there are exceptions. Um, she sometimes gives the numbers, but um, she talks generally. And it's, the generalizations are helpful um helpful to understand what most of the population is thinking but again not all so in this first chapter titled your love is not enough shanti feldhan talks about the importance of respect for men and her thesis is basically that respect means more to men than love so the question that she has on her uh survey is Think about what these two negative experiences would be like to feel alone and unloved in the world or to feel inadequate and disrespected by everyone. If you're forced to choose one, which would you prefer? Would you rather feel alone and unloved, inadequate and disrespected? And 74% of men chose alone and unloved. So that's three. So that's, yeah, only 26% chose inadequate and disrespected so that's a pretty telling sign Gary do you want to comment on that I caught you off guard <laughs> so you how which one would you pick for yourself uh yeah that's uh, one that I have to think about um I think I'd choose the uh the first one feel alone and unloved um I mean I think really like the two it almost feels like the two are this like two sides of the same coin. Uh, I think, I think it's for me, I think it'd be feel more important to feel respected and adequate in the sense that like I can, cause out of, out of that comes like a sense of like, I can, um, like I can be a meaningful contributor to, uh, either the family or society or my job, uh, and like there, I can find purpose in that. Whereas the, which I think is more deep. And then like, 
Yeah, which, which I think that is much more meaningful to me. Not not to say that, you know, oh, like I'd be happy just to be alone, lonely and uh, unloved and sobbing in a corner. But um, I, I think I could get by for longer feeling alone and unloved. Whereas disrespect and inadequate, I think, would be a... a would be i think more akin to like driving off a cliff like it'd be be sudden disastrous and painful whereas thing on loan of love would suck but it wouldn't i don't think it would necessarily be the end of the world Hmm. that's an interesting point i think definitely for me feeling alone and unloved would be harder than feeling inadequate and disrespected for sure and you said, and Chanti also mentions that a lot of guys do not feel like they're actually different. Like feeling alone and unloved is maybe basically the same thing as feeling inadequate and disrespected. Yeah, like I, I mean, I can't comment for any other guys because I haven't had had time to do a, a deep focus group survey with a bunch of other men before this podcast. But I think, I think men we drive are derive our um, sense of meaning and sense of purpose on our ability to to serve others as, as providers particularly our families or I guess if you're men that aren't married but to to serve to serve those we care about so I think feeling like to to feel respected and adequate is this I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like we're, we're as guys we're kind of performance oriented so we're if we're not kind of we, we are more performance oriented so if we feel like okay i can perform in my role as a provider and uh my ability to serve others then i will be loved and I, I will be loved and i'll have other people around me so it, it i guess like one precedes the other but they're I I feel like they're kind of linked in that, like, if you have one, the other will come. Uh, Maybe not immediately, but it will be there. Whereas I think for guys, it's like, okay, if I'm, if I feel like if I'm loved and I've got other people around me, but I feel inadequate and disrespected, I think it's more really speaking to that heart of, um, can I provide? And if the man doesn't feel like he's capable of providing, then that inability to let's say perform i think will really be a cause for like even if there's other people around him and they they love him i think he won't feel worthy of that love or feel able able to be loved by them interesting point so he he feels love through the respect could i summarize it like that yeah, I, I think, you know, there's the joke of like the way to a man's heart's through his stomach. And I think the that, um, you know, for the ladies out there, you know, a, a way to make a man feel your to, to, a, the way to make your man feel loved is through respect. I think that was an interesting point that she made. And I think that I'm relearning again um, as I read this chapter, because um, I just don't feel like I have a barometer for respect. Like even, okay, like reading this chapter and saying, oh, yeah, like respect is important. I still struggle with the idea and like looking at gear. So what does that look like? What is respect? And um, 
I, yeah, I just kind of struggled with that. But then I tried to come up with um, synonyms to help me understand from my perspective, because I don't often use, say, the word respect or I think about respect like in a regular day basis. So here, here's one of the survey questions uh, before I get to the synonyms that I was thinking of. Here's another survey question that Shanti Feldhan had um, and that, that I found really astounding. So the question goes, even the best relationships sometimes have conflicts on day-to-day issues. In the middle of a conflict with my wife or significant other, I'm more likely to be feeling A, that my wife or significant other doesn't respect me right now. B, that my wife or significant other doesn't love me right now. So in the middle of a conflict, um, uh, most men, 81%, feel that their wife or significant other don't respect them. Yeah. So anyway, so I found that interesting because I'm not thinking about respect in the middle of an argument. I'm just thinking about, I want to prove what I'm thinking about is right (laughs) and maybe prove what you're thinking is wrong. Um, It's like a, a battle of the wits or a battle of the memory or that, like, I'm not thinking about how he feels, but I am concerned about whether or not our relationship is feeling rocky like I especially after the conflict are we still okay does he still love me um is everything all right that's definitely what's going through my head how about yourself um yeah I I think in most conflict uh that I I think most conflict I think for and I'm trying to think of not just on myself but on behalf of like you know the half you know the male half of the human race but um i think in general most guys in conflict we do feel the disrespect more so than the the lack of love uh, so to speak and i think it comes out of um in the conflict that the 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 partner the significant other be it your wife or your girlfriend or your fiance um, they, they, they don't trust you and they don't respect your, or our, I should say, our, um, our capacity to make choices, our, let's say knowledge of the situation, um, or our capabilities to either follow through on an action that we're, we're saying we're, we, we should have done, or we ought to done, or we will do. Um, so I think it's, interpreted more as a lack of respect is like like you don't trust me you don't trust that um i'm capable you don't trust that um i'm aware of the situation and able to make the right decisions uh so i think that's where a lot of the the conflict come from i think guy most guys feel like the in the within the conflict like it's an attack on their uh capabilities or um ability to like provide or serve or be able to like do the work. Uh, and it's not, I don't think it's so much, and it, it, most guys feel the attack in, in that feel attacked in that way and not so much of um, feel attacked necessarily in terms of uh, like, let's say feeling loved in the relationship, because I think for most guys it's like, well, you know, we're still together. So you, <laughs> I love, I'm, you know, I still love you. Uh, because we're still together and, you know, I told you I loved you like last week or whatever. Um, and I still mean that, but, um, I think it's more in our, let's say our fragile egos around, um, our abilities and whether we are enough, 
that um, you know when it comes to conflict, we kind of you know, that's the soft that's the chink in our armor. So when in conflict, we're um, you know more, more often than not sore in that area. I think those are some really interesting points. I want to get back to the idea of a fragile ego in a second. Um, if you if you don't mind, I me prodding there. Let's uh, warm up a little bit more. <laughs> uh, so yeah, going back to the synonyms, just to help me understand uh, when we were having the discussion in the van um, on the way to Toronto the other the other weekend, uh, we were talking about this, and uh, I, I was thinking in the work context, maybe love comes up as number one game player in our marriage for me personally. Um, but um, in in I'm th- I was thinking in the work context, respect is uh, a big thing. Like I'm not really caring so much about how my colleagues feel about me more. So I am concerned about how they respect me and my work and how well I do it. So uh, I was thinking about other words that I use and not necessarily, I don't not necessarily think of the word respect. I'm thinking of words like micromanaging. Um, I'm thinking of the words like control control freak if i may uh and what was the other one that i was thinking of contempt um yeah so it's something about if i can kind of put it into more modern terms it's like respecting each other's space and when gary and i were discussing i came up with this idea of creative space uh, so the idea that is that you give give somebody room to make mistakes you give somebody room to make right choices, but I also give them room to make mistakes and real mistakes. So one of the things that we we had a lot of discussions and arguments over was finances. And um, and in that area, we we had to give each other both creative space, like instead of trying to make the other one fit into a certain way of working with finances. Um, it's just a really, uh, it, it ended up, handing over it ended up being handing over trust and letting go of control those were and that spelled out respect to you when that wouldn't you say gary yeah uh that it wasn't until i think particularly in that's with the finances in our relationship at that stage it, it was really um like the respect was you know, showing the person respect meant trusting the other person uh, that they, you know, they they were in it to win it with the relationship, even if they may have had a different view on how things were done, how things should have been done uh, in relation to finances. Because, like, um, at least in our situation, I'm the shopper and you're the saver. And I think we're both very, like, you know, before marriage, we definitely came from, let's say, the more extreme ends on either side of things. I was definitely an impulse shopper and you. Um, you could call me an impulse saver. Yeah. <laughs> Frugal McDougal. Um, and it, it really was a sort of conflict because I have, you know, my own way of my own perceptions and let's say value I place on money. And you have your own uh, perceptions and value that you place on money. And I, I think the turning point for us was realizing that, like, I'm not ever going to be, like, I, I'm always going to be me. And I can definitely improve and no longer just be, you know, a random, I just randomly buy stuff on impulse and whim. Um, 
like I can, I can, and I will improve in the area of, you know, financial responsibility. However, you know, I will never be a saver to the same level you are. Mm-hmm. And also your recognition that, um, you know, you can, you know, let's say loosen the strings a little bit and be a little more impulsive and um, less uh, controlling or less concerned about every penny. Um, but at the same time, for me to realize that you're never going to be an impulse shopper like I am. So, uh, and then just extending the other person that trusts is just saying, okay, like if you're in charge of, if you're in charge of this, then I trust you to do a good job, even though you may not approach or do the, do the things the exact same way I would, but I trust that you will still lead, you will still get us to the same outcome. Yeah. I think that on that point of control, uh, definitely it's for me, it was the idea of letting go and not using say my, how do I say my, my rules as the rules of the entire game. Like we had to kind of come, come together and create our set of rules. And so I think that's where the respect kind of came in. It's just to respect you, your choices and also where you were at. Like, if I can say so, like I was better at managing money. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah, so that, that, that's, that was part of the struggle for me. It's like, I know that I'm better at managing it, but then I had to also respect where you were at and give you time, allow you to make your mistakes. Um, and you figure it out your own way. And instead of having like me be the one to tell you, this is what you do. This is what you do. And I think that was some of the source of the tension. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, yeah, like I think with anyone, if you're saying, okay, do this job, I don't, I think for pretty much every guy on the planet, it's like if you're saying, okay, go do this, we want to be given the freedom to like go and do it and figure it out ourselves and not have someone breathing down our neck saying, now you need to do it this way, now you need to do it that way. Oh, no, no, don't do that there. And just constantly feel hemmed in. Whereas I think it's important for us guys, like if, to have the freedom to work on a task and just, let's say, be creative in it, even, and just do it our way and not have to, conform to some process that might not actually work for us in terms of our temperaments or personalities and uh, the knowledge and experience we have. Yeah. It, it makes me think of like, I'm, I'm glad that we kind of got over that hump, but it wasn't, it wasn't an easy process. <laughs> Let's just say <laughs> Gary shaking his head. Uh, yeah. Um, it was, well, just to give a bit of the backstory, um, we, I, we were both managing the finances together. And in the end we decided, okay, just one person needs to be in charge just so that we can have um, better oversight of what's happening and have uh, just basically unify our choices. And um, yeah. So Gare was in charge of the finances and that was, yeah, that was quite a level of change and trust and um, me trying not to be micromanager, but uh, like to give a parallel, I I understand because in the workplace, I like to be really independent. I don't like to have somebody breathing down my neck. I like to be able to do my own thing. And I like having people trust me that I could do it myself. Um, even if it wasn't something that I knew uh, very well, if, if I was doing a task and I'd never done it before, um, I just like to be able to have that space to be able to figure it out myself and do it my own way. 
Um, yeah. So I'm just thinking like when I was working as a librarian, I was running the book fair for the first time and yeah, nobody was saying like, oh, Jocelyn, you need to do this you, or you need to do that. Like some people gave me some pointers and it was helpful, but it was nice to be able to to have that space to figure it out. And I had one boss who stepped in and she was a micromanager and it was extremely stressful and it was hard to see that our relationship was working as colleagues because she didn't seem to give me that creative space. So if I can use that as an example um, or as an analogy in our own relationship, it helps me remember those circumstances, but everything feels so much more dramatic when um, the mistakes are not just, you know, it's like, oh, it's at work and then I go home and life goes on. It's like, this is this is our life and these are the choices that we're making as a couple and people are looking at this and it's reflective of me. And so it does get personal. Did you want to comment on that or do you want me to move on to the next? OK, so I so I was mentioning the fragile ego. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go there, but basically Shanti Felton was talking about how um, men tend to have a pretty fragile ego and I think that 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 was also a surprise to me the first time I read it although now that we've gotten to know each other better I see what she means and men can I find um they boast easily but then as I discovered through reading this and through life now um is that it's a way of covering up this fragile ego. So the boasting is a way of getting encouragement from other people. And it's a way of saying like, look, at, look at these are, these are my accomplishments. Isn't this great? Let's, let's celebrate them. Um, and it's, it wasn't the ego tripping that I thought it was in the past. So I think that was helpful to know. I mean, I'm sure, and there are people, not just guys who, push that too far and talk about themselves way too much um we've all been on that kind of date <laughs> but I can see now I look past say the ego tripping or even the boasting or even just like the metal the metal bearing um and I see what's happening behind it it's it's a way of saying I want you to acknowledge me I want you to show me respect did you want to comment on that I think for the fragile ego part um, again, it boils down to like every guy, every man wants, you know, e- every man need, has this innate need within them to be a provider. Now it can, um, that what that looks like can vary dramatically, but, um, and it, along with that need to be a provider and a need to serve, um, and work, uh, the, I think all guys have an inherent um, question or lack of faith about their abilities to do so and are very, and we're are constantly questioning, like, am I capable? Like, am, am I good enough? Do I measure up? Like, can, can I, can I provide? Um, so the, I guess this is where like the, and like, guys were really competitive with each other like you know we're always trying to you know climb the ladder you know who's who's number one who's the captain who's who's the alpha and um the boasting i think you know with with, you know without being excessive um, or heavily narcissistic uh, i think the boasting and can be seen both as a um like uh, a posturing to the other let's say other dudes in the room is like hey you know i can do this like i'm you know i'm a little 
a little better than you or not just, not that I'm better, but like eh, I'm a little farther up the food chain than you are. Like I'm, you know, strap my stuff a little bit. And I think there's also an element of, um, uh, self-affirmation in the boast is just by verbalizing it out loud to others is just, I think for some guys is a way that they, uh, affirm to themselves is like, yeah, I can do it. Like I did, I did do that. And I, that's me. Like I'm, I'm, I am that good or I am good enough to do that. Like, wow. Uh, so I, I think there, for some guys, there may be an element of that. Uh, just, yeah, I think we, we all need to sell I think I don't think women understand how important this is to this aspect of being a provider, being capable is to, to a guy. And we, the amount of um, self doubt we have around this. So I think that, um, yeah, a lot of the, this posturing, a lot of this boastfulness is, um, and maybe like, uh, let's say, uh, needless aggression, um, around this is, uh, just trying to men just trying to both armor themselves against potentially being hurt in this area or, um, have, having been oh, prodded a little too much or which, yes, I think <laughs> you don't need a lot of prodding, but I think in some ways it's just, yeah, I, I think the boasting is both the, the posturing and showing off to others, but as well as like an armoring uh, of themselves and trying to prove to themselves that, yeah, like we can do it. Thanks. That's helpful. And thanks for being a little vulner- vulnerable in that sense too. I know that, um, yeah, it is a tricky subject to talk about. I am, I, Shanti Felton mentioned something about, um, this growing disrespect for men in our cult, in our culture, and you see it in movies and in just generally in media, um, sort of a backlash of the feminist movement. Um, it's not nice. And as a mother of three boys, I'd like, I'd like them to grow up um, feeling that they are capable and not feeling that they have to. I don't know squish themselves into a different sort of formula um so i i think like part of understanding this respect it's kind of like i don't know how to describe but um understanding what the need is inside um my guy my guys (laughs) other men um is is helpful not only that but it's like it's necessary like i i don't think like when i talk about like guys boasting and what we're just saying there's a need behind there it's not just how do I say it's not just, Oh, that's a, that's a stupid thing that guys do. Um, yeah, there's, there's something else going on behind there. Um, so I, I thought that was helpful. I, another thing that I found was helpful too. And if you want to gauge, um, how much respect means to the man in your life, uh, you can use a test. Uh, so this Dr. Emerson Egricks of Love and Respect Ministries, uh, he wrote a book and he also gives talks specifically on love and respect. Uh, he does have a Christian focus. Uh, so he says about respect that if a man is shown respect, he'll probably answer pretty favorably so the respect test is that you walk into a room you see your man there you say a few things like oh there's a lot of things that i respect about you 
and then just leave it at that and try to find an excuse to leave the room right away. And if he turns around and says, okay, wait a second, I want to hear what you have to say. What do you respect about me? Uh, be ready with an answer. So have a few things you want to list off. Uh, and anyway, he describes this as being a really, the result of that as being really positive for the relationship. And I think that's, that was my conclusion too. Like I, as I reflected over this chapter and I started writing an article about it for our website, um, respect isn't just a one-way street. It's not something that we just give guys. Um, it's something that obviously we should be giving to each other. I think it's just that men value it more than love. And, um, in this respect test, uh, you could take the test the other way too. If you disrespect a guy, uh, the way that men respond to disrespect is with anger. Uh, I thought that was interesting as well. And that, that was sort of insightful. I feel like, uh, yeah, in our, in our culture, there's a lot of talk about guys, aggression. Um, and it could also like, we have to look, what's the situation when, what could be causing this? Not that we're at fault and, but um, maybe there's a need there that's not being spoken of or it's not being recognized. Did you want to comment on that? Yeah, I think for guys, like the um, this need for respect, like in our in our culture, we often talk about uh, like respect is has to be earned, and it you know it's it's very true. Um, however, in the case of uh, a relationship and particularly a married relationship, um, a woman often feels like she's owed love from her husband that she, she deserves the love. Um, and I think all, pretty much all men probably feel the same way in regards to respect from their marriage, that they, um, they are owed the respect of their, their wives, um, through, you could say, uh, the reality of being their husband, that they should be respected. Um, so, and, and I think it's now, I mean, that being said, like if, you know, the, the man in the relationship goes out and does something like patently stupid, um, let's say morally or dangerously or whatever, like makes the wrong decisions repeatedly. Well, that, you know, obviously in that situation, uh, they've got a little bit of ground to make up, but at the same time, um, I think that, In the same time, I think that uh, in many ways for, let's say, a balance in the relationship or equilibrium in the relationship that the wife does owe respect to their husband in the same way that the husband owes love to his wife and that you can't, like, I don't think you can really demand that I think if if one if it's I I think that for the marriage to really go well and be happy the the husband wife have to owe what like give what the other person needs out of like out of love and charity to the other person and to demand to to expect that it's only a one-way street that the man owes the wife love and he deserves to give it to her, but the wife does not owe respect to the husband and he has to earn it through 
his actions, which he's going to measure them in a different way that the wife will, which which will cause problems that I think there needs to be an equal exchange on equal terms and to, to break that balance or to skew it in favor of one over the other is only a recipe for disaster and tension long-term. And by, by which I mean that if the, you know, if, if the wife expects that her husband owes her love or that her husband should love her because she's his wife and she just deserves the love. Um, but she also feels that the husband has to earn her respect that in for the guy it's going to feel like it's a catch it, he he the guy i think most guys are going to feel cornered in that and they're going to feel like it's almost in a catch 22 because they feel like they have to give away what the other person wants but at the same time they're not they're they're, they're not allowed to play the same game by the same rules and I think most guys, like I mentioned before, most guys will, I think at a certain point will begin to feel like the, the game's rigged against them because um, in many ways, women and their wives will pro- will measure actions and decisions in a different way than a man will based off their own, like based off um, where they're coming from. So I don't know, that's just my thoughts on the subject. Yeah, I think that's helpful, and and it kind of I think it touches to the core of the subject. If we demand unconditional love, we and if you want unconditional respect, yeah, we should be able and willing to give it to you. I think it it feels humbling, but love is humbling too. Like to love somebody unconditionally, even though they're a porcupine, and we'll get to that one in the next episode. <laughs> that's what we expect of our guy. Like we're having a tantrum or something. Okay, I shouldn't exaggerate, but like so we're really upset, <laughs> and um, we want our guy to come over and give us a hug in that moment. And like, yeah, that's asking a lot of them. And so maybe sometimes they're they don't deserve the respect that they want from us, but we give it to them anyway. And I think it's the same effect. I think the way we feel when we, we are given love, even though we don't deserve it must be the same way that they feel when they're given respect and they don't deserve it. Would you say so? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, did you have another thought? No. (laughs) Um, I I was also thinking uh, also about this other story that I came across in Shanti Feldhen's chapter about how uh, in a conversation, let's say that there's some men in the room and there's some women in the room, if the woman teases her husband, you know, as they do, maybe just between the two of them, but in front of everybody, that a guy can take it really the, the wrong way. And so far as to not only put him down in the other guy's eyes, but also to, it would also affect his work potentially. Let's say like, I don't know, his bosses or his colleagues are present. So I think, wow, like, I don't know, reading something like that, there are repercussions not only within the relationship, but like beyond the relationship potentially to not showing respect to our significant, significant other. Yeah. And I I think not showing respect, I think in, in, public this can come off a lot as teasing um like if the wife is teasing the husband about a bad decision he made or uh 
you know, something he did, particularly in, in, by public, I mean, like, um, with other, like, mutual friends or coworkers that, for guys, that's really humiliating. Um, because, again, it it's, like, it's the wife, so the person who he's most vulnerable and most intimate with, most vulnerable to and most intimate with, basically exposing his flaws and imperfections for the world to see. And because guys are competitive uh, with each other, um, like if, if, but most men will see that as like, oh, well, if your wife doesn't respect you, then why should I? And, you know, bring this into a workplace. Like if it gets bad enough, it could be, you know, a workplace situation where, you know, the wife, you know, the the wife teases or puts down her husband in front of her coworkers and does it enough or in such a way that the their coworkers are like, well, I don't have like, man, if she doesn't respect him, like, why on earth should I respect what this guy does? You know, it it, it could torpedo his career at that position or that job. And I mean, particularly if, if that's the case, it's um, it's also going to do a lot of damage to the husband in terms of his own um, self-confidence, his own, his own uh, self-belief. And it could be something that could take a long time uh, to get over. So, yeah, with in, in terms of respect, I think it, for men, we're very sensitive to that. And we're most sen- like we're, let's say... <laughs> We're already very sensitive in this area, but um, uh, we're especially vulnerable uh, in public um, to teasing or, and not, not, not to say that, um, not to say that all teasing is malicious and it's going to completely destroy, you know, your, your man, but um, just to be very careful and aware with it because everyone's got different thresholds in terms of what what flies and what doesn't fly and sometimes you know teasing that is kosher in private is not kosher at all uh in certain social situations and some social situations might be fine other social situations it might be like the absolute wrong thing to do so um i think in that ways it's always better off just to stay play it safe and not do it and uh you know if you know like you would you wouldn't want your husband you know teasing you over some weight you've gained or something that you've done so why would you want like you know just do unto others as you'd want them to do you and don't do it to them yeah, I think a good analogy that Shanti gives um, that helps me understand that situation. Because again, like it's hard for me to fathom exactly like what you're saying, Gare. Like I, I get, like I see the emotion and I understand that it's important to you. But again, it's like for me in the same circumstance with the same words, it wouldn't bother me as much. So I think that's probably why our radar isn't up. But definitely if you were going to say like, oh, like you don't make fun of women in, in public. Like everybody knows you don't tell a woman that she's fat. You also hesitate if you think a woman is pregnant. Like, <laughs> like, you, like I think women are very sensitive about our self-image. And I think that's where some of our, our vulnerability lies. Um, and I 
think that's only fair that we recognize men's vulnerability and especially the person that we love. And I think it's also really touching to, to think that um, like women, we open up to each other quite a lot um, about tons of different things. But I think it's really touching that for guys, like they really open up to us, like to women. Um, it... Most guys really only open up to their wives. Like they might, they might have a few, couple guy friends that, they let in pretty close, but like their wife, their girlfriend, their partner is going to be the person that knows them better than anybody else on the planet. Probably even better than their mothers. So no pressure. <laughs> I think that's like, wow. I don't know. I, I, I think to really imagine that I'm, that I carry that weight, that responsibility, um, I think helps me to, to be more careful. Yeah. I, it's, it, maybe men have a fragile ego, but I carry that fragile ego in my hands. Um, and I can do with it as I like, <laughs> I can build you up or I can tear, tear you down. And I think there's been a lot of women in history who are, I don't know, there's that, there's that saying, right. Um, behind every great man is a great woman. I think women, we have this opportunity this possibility of really building their men up i think it goes both ways too like definitely in a healthy relationship where like um guys can really build their wives up as well but i think yeah i think guys really crave that support from the person who knows them best um anyway those are some of the things that we thought about from this chapter i hope they were insightful to you too they've definitely been thought-provoking we had this discussion and um it really tore me up a little bit because I I got upset because I didn't really understand respect and what it meant um, and it took a lot of discussion and some reflection for me to really kind of get it um, so if you're a woman and you're listening to this podcast and you don't really get it it takes some time like and I was also nervous because our relationship is so important to me um, here's this really big important thing that I have to know and I have to understand and I have to do and I don't know how to do it and I don't really understand it and I don't really yeah um don't know always know how to show it and if I'm failing at it so it felt really important to me but also like I was trying to grasp at something I, I couldn't grasp so anyway it was helpful to have these discussions I hope this discussion our discussion right now was helpful to you to understanding it um yeah Gary do you want to say any more last words hope that this discussion was good and that um yeah, you learn something, something that can you can take and apply to your relationship. And stay tuned for the next episode where we take a look at uh, what love means to women. So if ladies, if you're listening to this, this the next episode is one that you might want to sit down and uh, listen over a date night. Um, and yeah, guys, tune in as well. Cause, uh, it's going to be a good one. All right. We'll see you then. All right. Keep smiling.